0: Welcome to my love life podcast, episode number 156, the power of listening. It's December 7th, 2023. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, clearly podcaster, etc. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way. My music is by Howie Moskovich. The power of listening. What a great topic. So, if you are new to my content, before I tease apart some elements of listening, I would love it if you would go to my website at www.lisaalundy.com and enter my giveaway, because that would make me happy, and you could win a prize. prize. Winners won't be picked, and prizes won't be shipped until sometime in 2024, because of my car accident and my recovery, and I just have to limit what I, what I need help with. And uh, The other thing you can do on my website is download my emotional processing workbook, which is free, because that will change your life. Next, I am not a medical professional. I am not a therapist. Nothing I say in this podcast or any of my content in any format is designed or intended to be medical or therapy advice. You should get medical or therapy advice from a licensed healthcare provider of which I am not. If you are in the deaf or hard of hearing community or you know people in your circle at work or wherever who are in the deaf or hard of hearing community, please let them know that I have transcripts for all of my podcasts on my hosting platform, rss.com, for their convenience, which actually they were originally I got them going with my IT guy before RSS had them as an automatic option for hearing people who wanted the content in written format. So it's it's available for all people. My last note before I start breaking apart the power of listening is if you are suicidal, if you are harming yourself or thinking of harming yourself, or if life has been, been too hard for you or become too hard for you, I am asking you to stop and call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 Or you may call or text 988. That number again is 1-800-273-8255. Or you can call or text 988. There's lots of help available. Please take it. You won't regret it. And if you understood, in my opinion, if you understood how you got put together as a human being, you would probably feel immensely better. You would probably not be feeling the way you feel. All right the power of listening. Oh, my heavens. This is a, this is a little more complex than I think some of you might be thinking. So listening, truly listening on the receiving end. If you're listening to someone else and being heard, if they are hearing you and you're being heard, that can be transformational. Now, people can listen without actually hearing you. I'm going to just kind of sort that out for you. But the The word listen is an intransitive verb, meaning number one, to make an effort, to hear something, to pay attention, to heed, to give close attention to with the purpose of hearing, to give ear, to give ear, to hearken, to attend, to give considering to the act of listening. So there's listening where you actually hear someone's words, like you hear the words coming in. But then there's actually you having heard it, like you hearing the person. So there's two distinctions here. One is you hear the words, like, I don't like that. And the other is you're, you're hearing them and the words are going into you and you're getting the message fully. Oh, they don't like that. Oh, oh, I shouldn't do that. Or what have you. And you can hear words. You can hear someone say, oh, I don't like that. Or... I love that, whatever, and and it might not actually, you might not fully be able to let it in. So we're talking about you can hear words without actually letting the message in. All right, so if you look on the internet, you can find many types of different types of listening. I know. So according to the internet, the four most common on the internet you'll find are active, reflective, discriminative, and evaluative. Now, Those mean like if you're an active listener, you're having a conversation with someone else and it's going back and forth. You usually switch roles. They're speaking, you're listening. Then you're speaking, they're listening. That's active listening. Reflective listening is when the listener, the person who's listening to you speak, repeats what you said in some form or some fashion to make sure they got the message. So you you see that in counseling and other Uh, roles where you might hear someone say all right if I understand what you're saying you would like us to move the equipment three feet down the line because it would be more efficient oh no that's not what you're saying okay what are you saying so reflective listening you're repeating parts of the conversation for clarity to make sure you actually are letting in what they're saying discriminative is where the listener pays attention to what you're saying and how it's said to pick up on emotional tones or emotional overtones. And evaluative listening is when the listener who's listening to you has to answer you after you're done and make a judgment on whatever information you're providing. Now, you can also find empathetic listening, transformational listening, generative listening. You can find Many other forms of listening on the internet. Um, empathetic is really what it says where you're, you're pay- paying attention to the person who's speaking their feelings. And really you're, you're not waiting for your turn to speak. You're, you're, you're validating them and you're listening to them. And you're, you're being attentive without going, oh, it's my turn to speak. Oh, what am I going to say when they're done talking? transformational listening that's really when you're being heard you're listening to engage you're engaging the heart so the heart is involved this kind of listening builds trust you feel connected relaxed and creative generative listening is really about listening for a higher purpose listening for potential Uh, it's a mindful listening being present and free of judgment. And later I'm going to talk about listening from the unsaid, which is, I don't think that's a real thing. I think that might be a made up term. I'm not sure. All right. So what are the benefits for good listening? Why would, why would anybody even care? Well, there's lots of benefits if you become, or you are a good listener regardless of what terminology you want to use to call the listening style. It can create safety and intimacy for whomever you're talking to. Promote chemistry, interpersonal chemistry. Build trust reduce if it's at work it can re- at work it actually has lots of pet- benefits including reducing burnout you know building teams fostering better morale and, you know it's lots of benefits at work it's one way to uh, improve your relationships regardless of whether you're talking about personal or work and it's certainly a way to show that that you value someone else. There's nothing worse or, uh, well, there's probably many things worse, but one of the things that doesn't feel good is you've barely finished your sentence. And instead of acknowledging what you've said or your point or anything, that person who's been listening to you just barges in with their thoughts unrelated or like, it's like you don't feel like they were even paying attention. And sometimes they were not paying attention. Sometimes they're in their own head, but What's important for you to know in this podcast, because my podcasts are all about you discovering new ways of living life, new ways of thinking, things that you might not have thought about before, and hopefully growing your neuroplasticity if you haven't thought about it before. So I have a list, my own list of things that in my experience will definitely impact your ability to to listen and to hear that's so you're to your able to both parts being you know being able to hear someone and to listen so number one is being present well i will say that most people the highest percentage of people are not walking around life present they're in their head they're they're just they're not present in the moment when you're in the moment in life right here right now life is very different it's it's magical it's wonderful it's amazing but that's not where most people live. They And the other word currently for being present, the more popular term, I think, is being mindful. So this is really, if you're not present, if you're not mindful, it's kind of the opposite of listening. Because you're basically, you're listening to someone talk, but you're thinking in your head, what am I going to say next? Oh, it's almost my turn to talk. What am I going to say? That is not being present. That is the opposite of being present and that's an obstacle for many people, and they don't know it's an obstacle because they don't know that they're not present. I mean, I, I walk around present, but apparently I didn't know that I walked around life present until roughly two thousand eight, two thousand nine. I can tell you where I was and who was with some of the people who were with me, but I'm not. So it's in that time frame. I had no idea I was. I walked around life present. I didn't know it was a, a concept. So not being present is number one. Two, not understanding. So many times in communication, if you're listening to someone speak, you could have a misunderstanding, but you wouldn't know that you're having a misunderstanding because it lives in language and other and connotations and all kinds of things. So not understanding, which would involve not asking questions for understanding. Now, I just did a podcast called What Is Your Evidence? which is really about, what it's really about is, Asking questions to gain understanding, because when you are in a relationship with someone, I would hope, I would hope and pray that you want to understand where they're coming from, how they feel, what matters to them, what makes them happy. I would hope you want that. And sometimes if you're not checking in or asking questions, you miss the boat and you don't know you missed the boat. So that podcast supports this one, What Is Your Evidence?, gives you all kinds of ways to ask it and what you can under, un, unearth. Um, now, in, another thing that impacts your ability is, is a lack of experience. If you lack experience in a particular topic or area of life, that can absolutely impact your ability to listen and to hear what's being said. My example for that <laughs> is domestic abuse. When I talk to someone about domestic abuse and they say to me, well, why didn't you just leave? That completely tells me they know nothing about the, the field of domestic abuse. They don't understand it can be dangerous. They don't understand about economic abuse. They know nothing. And they can't hear what you're saying because in their mind, well, gee, duh, you should have just left. So a lack of experience, wisdom, or understanding of a particular field or area can impact how you listen and your ability to hear. This is also true, by the way, for um, parents who have a special needs child or a child with a medical condition or their child might be medical, medically fragile, whether they're young or, or old. I mean, you know, these, some of these children grow up and grow old um and other people who've never had you know a child with a disability or a child with special needs or a child with a special complicated complex health situation they, they simply cannot understand what you're saying and well why do, I mean I've heard well why didn't you just go to a local doctor well why do you need to go so far well you know like it just begs the question they lack complete understanding no I wouldn't drive seven or seven and a half hours if I could do it locally what do you think I am an idiot like cut me a break no I would not drive this many hours to see a doctor if someone locally could help me Cut me a break. Like, just cut me a break. So there are many cases, I've just mentioned too, where someone's complete lack of understanding shows up. They can't hear you. They, they don't get it. They can't get it or they don't get it. Um, all right. The next thing that will impact your ability to hear is, your, is the words being chosen and the connotations of the words. Because... Not everybody has the same connotation or meaning for words in the English language. I'm not talking about foreign languages. I'm talking about in the English language itself. So, for example, way back in the day, well, I, uh, people were saying, "Oh, you're you know you're kind of aggressive," and I was like, "What?" Now, I had already mastered assertiveness from the Assertiveness Handbook. You're perfect, right? Back in high school, people. So I knew I wasn't being aggressive because when you've really been trained in assertiveness, you know the difference between passive, aggressive, and being, you know, respectful of others, co- considering their needs, wants, and desires, and your own. Like you get the whole format and formula for assertiveness, which is not aggressive. Assertiveness is not aggressive, although you will find aggression in the dictionary. I know. So some people would say, "Oh, you know, you're assert- when you're being assertive. Oh, you're being aggressive." Words really can have a lot of different meanings for people that we don't necessarily understand, which is one of the reasons why, by the way, in so many of my podcasts right up front, I will define the word from the dictionary. So we're on the same page. And that's really why I do it. But that will mess up or interfere with your ability to hear or listen or be heard. The next aspect that will absolutely can be convoluting when it comes to listening is emotions and experience. So I think the best way to say what I mean here is by example. So I was in a situation ages ago where this young woman was saying that uh, she was being yelled at. Now, I was in the room. (laughs) I was there, okay? I was not, this was not her telling me secondhand I wasn't there. I was there in the moment for this experience that she was telling me about. And she was saying, you know, that they kept yelling at her. So I, having been there, now, first of all, no one was yelling at her. No one raised their voice like it was yelling. You know, there's yelling and then there's raising your voice. Two very different things. So I kept asking and asking her, what did she mean? Because it didn't make sense to me because I was there because I know no one was yelling. So I kept digging and probing, going back to the, what is your evidence? Like, why are you saying that? Help me understand. I'm trying to understand you. I'm trying to, I, this isn't making sense to me. You know, blah, blah, blah. And finally, 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 oh my gosh, it was like, it was like pulling a tooth we got to the core, she as a young person in her childhood or youth at some point, she had had uh, an adult who had pretty serious anger issues. And so she was traumatized. This was one of her traumas. So, and she as a human being, as an adult, didn't have anger skills herself. So when there was the slightest perception that something was, someone was angry or someone was upset, she went into this mode like they were yelling at her. I mean, this was like one of the most fascinating experiences, probably because number one, I couldn't believe it was happening. I mean, I was like, this is like the Twilight Zone people. I'm right here. I've been in the room the whole time. No one yelled at her. What is she talking about? But then it started to make sense because she was picking up on, you know, some frustration or some aggravation. And and it's like she was five or ten or whatever and and she was being yelled at So she was not being yelled at and we had really a long conversation after that because she had to come to terms with well she didn't have to but she did that she had this misperception and so i actually did a little demonstration of like tone and voice and volume this is not yelling this is not yelling this is not yelling this is me elevating my voice this is elevating my voice and then eventually i yelled at uh, so uh, It's just a most fascinating experience. But this happens for people and you might not know it. So your emotions and your history and your experience can absolutely color your perspective. And I will say, just to give you one other example, if someone has really low self-esteem and you question them on their behavior or their action or, or you tell them that that's really not appropriate, Um, they might then go tell people that you belittled them. Now, if you're calling someone out on inappropriate behavior, that's not belittling someone. I mean, you could, you, you could do it in a way where it's belittling. I'm not, I don't do that. I'm not a fan of that. I mean, if you're scapegoating your child and I, and it comes to my attention, you're, you don't get a pass on that. I'm sorry, people. You're not getting a pass for scapegoating your own child if you're in my circle. Uh, and maybe then you take yourself out of my circle. So what came back was that I was belittling. Well, let's look at what belittling means. Well, I'm speaking the truth and I'm using facts to support my conclusion, which is you have scapegoated your child. You have you have caused this drama. You have caused this problem. You rained on their parade with fact, 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 fact. And their their takeaway is I belittled them. So your emotions and experience will color how you hear, how you listen, your ability to to hear other people. So I think hopefully that makes that clear. Now, irrational thinking, also known as a cognitive distortion, will absolutely color how you listen, how you think, how you perceive the world, how you... um evaluate what conclusions you come to not helpful i've talked a lot about irrational thinking uh, so i'm not going to belabor the point in this podcast but i do have a podcast on cognitive distortions you do want to get that square people get that get that handled really it's for your own mental health the next thing which i already just mentioned is low self-esteem people do not understand the significance of low self-esteem in their life i think in my opinion this is my opinion because i think if people understood how dramatically they were being affected and impacted by their own low self-esteem they'd go get on the road and say let's get this puppy let's get this bad boy handled let's let's take care of it so i already gave you an example but let me just give you the way someone would hear what you say, okay, because this podcast is about the power of listening. So in the in this example, I'm going to give you a couple. Uh, you're saying to someone, oh, I, I like your new haircut. Innocently, oh, I like your new haircut. Now, what someone with low self-esteem will hear often, not always, but often, is, oh, she didn't like my haircut before. Or you might say, oh, wow, you look amazing and you are just glowing today. And what they might hear is, oh, I looked dumpy before. Or you might say, I'd rather do this instead of that. And what they might hear is, I'm an idiot for suggesting that idea. I'm stupid. You get get the idea here, people. They are inserting their own negative self-judgment, self-talk, their negative unworthiness into an innocent statement. So if you said to someone, I like your new haircut, that is no way does that say I didn't like your old haircut. That statement, I like your new haircut, does not say I like your new haircut better than your old haircut. There's nothing in there except what you've added. So if I say I like your new haircut, that's just as simple as it is. I like your new haircut. Now, you could say, well, do you like it better than the way it was before? And I might go, hmm, I have to think about that. Or, hmm, I don't know, pull up a picture. I'm not sure. Like, I, I probably might not be sure. Or I might be sure. Like, I know I said to somebody, oh, yeah, you definitely look better with shorter hair. This was a guy, by the way. Um, because, in my view, they did. Like, there's no question. But you can see they just add this, this parts to the conversation that are not there which is very problematic and and actually there was a reality show where this was so poignant and they just eviscerated this young man because they all had most of them had low self-esteem so they were adding all these things to his statements that he never said He never said she ate too much. He never said blah, blah, blah. He never said that. Let's look at exactly what he said. Then let's look at what they added. They added all this meaning. So low self-esteem, people, is a problem. It's a problem for you. It's a problem for them. Let's say you don't have low self-esteem, but you're dealing with someone who does. This is what they're doing as you're talking to them. In the power of listening, they're listening from, oh, I looked at what they're adding. They're adding all this negative junk to the conversation. And I don't know anybody personally who has low self-esteem that doesn't do that. They might not admit that they do that. But if you have intimate conversations, well, I do do coaching with people. So they're very intimate conversations. So this is how I know this so well. Uh, this is what people do. Now, the next thing that will impact your ability to listen or hear is having an agenda. And that will definitely color and change how you listen. The next thing is negative thinking. Oh my heavens, I just did a podcast recently titled Negative Thinking Got You Down. Uh, negative thinking which includes overthinking catastrophizing ruminating brooding you know can definitely impact your the way you listen and how you listen and how you hear just like low self-esteem because you're you're inserting things negative things in the conversation as you hear it and you don't know that Um, the next thing that will impact your ability to listen or hear is your history the context and the relationship so if you are talking to someone that you've had a bumpy past with or you've had some issues with, that will color your your ability to hear, your ability to listen, how you listen, you know, until you get the relationship square, until you get things sorted out. It can be uh, an influencer. It can be a very negative influencer or a very positive influencer. If you totally trust somebody and you know that if they say the, the, the sky is falling, the sky has already fallen, um, you're going to have a different way to listen to them than if you have a different relationship. So your history, the context, and the relationship. The next thing, which might be a surprise for some of you, That can definitely, without question, impact your ability to listen, your ability to hear, is trauma, domestic abuse, life challenges, loss, or bereavement. All of these things are challenges. They're hardships. And when you are going through a hardship of whatever form it could be, like it could be somebody passed away. could be you're having a health challenge. It could be someone else. like could be anything. These can impact your ability to hear and to listen because they reduce your emotional bandwidth. I do have a podcast about emotional bandwidth, and it's very important. You just might not have the emotional bandwidth to have the conversation. Now, and that's reasonable. Like I, I, it's completely reasonable. And what you could say is, you know, I would love to have this conversation. And I have to be honest. I have so much trauma. I have so many problems or hardships or obstacles I'm dealing with. I just can't deal with that right now. I'm going to have to ask you that we we have this conversation, you know, in in the future once I've you know changed jobs or moved or you know buried my loved one or whatever like it's not unreasonable for you to put off having a conversation if you have reduced emotional bandwidth now some people notably abusers and you know maybe some disreputable people will use that to just avoid having a conversation that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about if you've got trauma you know or you're in domestic abuse or you have certain things going on you just won't have the energy the emotional bandwidth to be able to have a decent conversation and that will definitely affect your ability to listen. The other thing that's on my list which brings us up to number 12 by the way. And this is just 12 of of however many there are more, I'm sure, is being when you're dealing with someone, hopefully not you, but dealing with someone who is righteous, judgmental, opinionated or a know-it-all. Oh, those people won't be able to hear you. I hate to tell you. They will not be able to hear you because they're so righteous and they know everything. Like if you had just listened to them, you wouldn't have this problem. Blah, blah, blah. Like it's like the teacher from the Charlie Brown special. They're not really capable of listening to you, probably. They're, They're just... And it's their blind spot. Listen, some of these people are like loving and very kind and amazing. They're just really arrogant, righteous. They have to be right and know it, and they don't even see that. And this is extremely common. I really talked at length about it in my podcast, What is Your Evidence? So, asking, so those are what I say 12 things that can impact substantially your ability to listen or hear. Now, in the podcast I t- called, What is Your Evidence? I would covered this little snippet I want to cover in this because it relates to listening, which is to ask for clarification. This is really reasonable, people, because hopefully if you're talking to someone, hopefully you want to understand them. I certainly hope you want to understand them. If you don't want to understand them, what are you doing talking to them? So here's some examples of how you could ask for clarification. Why do you say that? What makes you think that? Where did you get that idea? What do you mean? Why would you think that or why would you believe that? I'm confused. How did you arrive at that decision or conclusion? I'm not sure what you mean. I'm not sure what you're saying. Can you please elaborate? So those are ways of asking for clarification as you seek for understanding. This is not designed to be argumentative. This is seeking for understanding. Now, some of the people who are righteous, arrogant, judgmental, opinionated, that you ask for any clarification, they're immediately going to get in a snit. Like if you say to them, well, why would you say that? You know, they're, they're like immediately the hair on the back of their neck is up and they're in a snit. They're like so brittle and easily offended. No, if you love people and you care about people, I would hope, I would hope, You are going to ask for clarification if you don't understand either what they're saying or why they're saying it or where they got that idea in a sincere manner. This is not designed to upset anybody. So you can go to that What Is Your Evidence podcast for more information. But notice who gets offended when you ask a question for clarification. Just notice. All right, so I'm going to go through a list of t- 11 items that I call our basics for good listening. And this is not an end-all, be-all list. This is just my top 11. <laughs> this is my top 11. All right, so number one is eye contact. I can remember... Yeah, teaching my kids about eye contact. Yes, you want to be able to look people. You should look people right in the eye. Of course, some liars will do that, and they're, they're terrible liars. But number one, eye contact. Number two, body language. Not I mean body language like open and receptive body language, not arms crossed, legs crossed like you're all angry. Tone of voice and volume. The environment. There are places that are not appropriate for you to have a conversation. It's too loud. There's too many distractions. It's just not appropriate. So the environment. Timing. Now is not always the right time to have a conversation. So timing becomes a critical element or can be. Uh, Number six, if it is a difficult conversation, if there's something that's difficult about it, which (laughs) there are plenty of conversations where there are some difficult aspects, by all means, prepare for it, people. Of course, practice, practice it. You can practice it by yourself. You can, you can record yourself on your phone and play it back or whatever, your computer. I do have a podcast titled Tips for Difficult Conversations because my opinion is you should absolutely practice and prepare for a difficult conversation. So that podcast will help you. Number seven, be present. Yes, be present. Do not be on your phone. You're not watching a show. You're not watching a game. You're not watching a movie. You're not streaming something. Get out of your head and be present. Number eight, goal. Well, hopefully the goal is to be heard and to hear the other person. To fully hear and embrace the full nature of what they're saying. Number nine, to be able to deal with the emotions in the conversation. This is really an emotional skills uh, piece because some people cannot deal with the emotions of what's being said in the conversation. So that'll be a showstopper. The, number ten, have the emotional bandwidth to be able to have the conversation. And don't be shy if you have to say Look, I had a nearly fatal car accident three months. I I just don't have the emotional bandwidth to have this conversation right now. I just don't, I'm just not in a position to have that conversation or what have you. Uh, And number 11, ask questions to clarify the conversation as needed because you do want to understand the other person and what they're saying, hopefully. My next piece when I was talking about different forms of listening earlier, I'm not saying this is a real thing. Okay. I'm saying it's a thing. I'm not saying you'll find it on the internet as a real thing, but I call it listening from the unsaid because I'm not sure what else to call it. And I'm going to talk to you about my experience with this, which is really, it's a very deep form of listening. You're being present with someone in a conversation in person on the phone, what have you. And you're there without judgment. You're there without an agenda. You're just being with the other person. And you can actually hear the other person. You're, you're letting in what they're saying. And, and if you're really deep in the listening, you can actually hear in your mind the thing that they're not saying out loud. So when you're in a conversation and someone you're talking and someone's talking and then this happens, like in the instant you will get this thought of what is in their head and you can, what I've done is I've said, oh boy, you know, this is what just came to mind and the other person was like, oh my gosh, that was the thought that was just in my head, but I didn't say it. It's a very rare kind of listening. I'm not saying this happens to me very often. it's happened on multiple occasions but this is really you know a deep form of intimacy where you're on you've got a relationship where you trust and you can just really almost hear what they're thinking and you can't actually technically hear what they're saying but you just kind of get it in the moment and and I will say, if you're in a trauma, like if you're in a trauma or a hardship or a life challenge, listen, it will be very difficult for you to hear some things in conversations because that's my experience. I mean, that happened to me in the past. Even though I have, you know, re- relatively good communication skills and listening skills, I didn't have the emotional bandwidth or the strength or the fortitude at at certain periods where i was in multiple traumas to hear and process some conversations i could i could hear and repeat the words that were being said to me but i couldn't let it in i couldn't process it it was i was in flat out survival mode complete survival mode and hearing and letting something in And just simply being able to repeat the words are two different things. And I have, by the way, since apologized to one or more people that that happened because I I, listen, if you've got three very severe traumas concurrently going on at the same time, you will be in survival mode and hopefully you'll survive it. But you won't be able to manage and process all conversations. You just won't be able to you won't be able to do it. And don't beat yourself up if that's the case, which is why I'm laying the groundwork for you to be able to say, you know, I, I've had some hardships and I don't believe right now is the time for me to have that conversation. I think I need to get past this, that, or the next thing before I could really do that. All right. So who are the worst listeners? Well, I'm going to give you five sets of people or five kind of groups that in my opinion are the worst listeners. And, Take it for what it's worth. So number one is the people who are always right. Because those people tend to be arrogant, opinionated, righteous, judgmental, and know-it-alls. And they may be your blind spot because you may be trauma-bonded to these people. They, you know, might be in your family. They might be, have been your best friend for a long time. Like this is, can be a sleeper. Number two, people who lack self-awareness, they, they throw themselves under the bus, they do things that if they had self-awareness, they would never do, so they can be problematic. Number three, people who are self-centered or self-absorbed. Four, people who have a mental health problem, for example, narcissists, psychopaths, sociopaths, antisocial personality disorder, borderline personality dis- disorder, and abusers. So there's different groups of people who are in my opinion the worst listeners. So I now want to turn your attention to one of my fa- one of my favorite topics as it applies to listening, the power of listening, which is basic psychology. This I have done a podcast on basic psychology terms that I personally feel that everyone should know because they're so powerful. So what I have to provide for you here is a couple examples of the difference it would make in your listening and in the, the conversation if you had basic psychology. So let's start with uh, number one. Someone says to you, you are really unhappy. Now, you, hearing this statement, know yourself and you know your condition and your position and you know that you are pretty much happy most of the time because you know how to manage or process your emotions you know how to generate happiness and you know without question this is a false statement so this could be bringing in psychology it could be projection this could be them projecting their own unhappiness onto you which would make a huge difference in how you respond. Because if in that moment, you know yourself, you know you're not unhappy, you're not going to be defensive and you're not going to try to prove to them that you're not unhappy. You would get their projecting and you could just say something like, oh, well, that's interesting. Or, oh, I'm sorry you feel that way. Or, oh, you know, just you could make just some Benign response without getting into, oh, hey, I think you're projecting. So it's a huge, this is huge. (laughs) And maybe people around you don't project. Oh, yes, they do. I'm sure they do. So that's number one. Here's another example. Someone says something mean to you when they know you're kind of down. Like they know you're down. It's like kick the dog when you're down. Kick kick me when I'm down. So this, you you notice how you're being treated. You know that you didn't provoke it. You know you didn't cause it. You didn't do something to be deserving of bad treatment. And so this, in the psychology realm, it could be projective, projection again. It could also be passive-aggressive anger related to you or unrelated to you. Because people can be angry and displace or misplace their anger onto you when you have absolutely nothing to do with what made them angry and it could be resentment that's been festering for years it could be they got triggered it could be all these things and that would in my opinion <laughs> in my experience it would it would color how i listen to them it would color how i hear that and it would definitely color how i process it my next example is when you are the safe person so we're not talking frequently, generally, about being the safe person. I do have a podcast about it. This is very important because I have been a safe person for a, a set of people, a group of people, different people my entire life starting at a very young age and this what happens is sometimes you become the safe person it could be because of your relationship i mean this could be family parents friends siblings children you know best friends you could be the safe person for anybody but when you're the safe person what sometimes happens is when that person is, becomes dysregulated or they have emotions they can't deal with and they lack emotional processing for sure, you become kind of the whipping post or the receiving end for their unrela- unregulated or dis- dysregulated emotions. In which case then we're dealing with projection, possibly passive aggressive anger, possibly splitting, possibly a cognitive distortion, false narratives and so much more but you would receive and listen to the person differently if you knew a little bit about psychology it would be very very different you you would have a completely different response very it's very powerful and number 4 um someone someone says something kind of mean and nasty out of the blue and you're you're kind of like to yourself thinking, hmm, where, where did this come from? What, what is this about? So again, it could be misplaced or displaced anger, passive aggressive anger, could be production, projection could be you're the safe person and something happened in their life and they are coming to you to get a little regulation. So I do have the one podcast on being the safe person. I would def- definitely recommend that. And also the podcast on basic psychology terms, everyone should know. So I hope with those four examples, that really makes it clear that having just a a little bit, I'm talking about a little bit of psychology knowledge, is a game changer when it comes to listening. It's also a game changer when it comes to being human and being in life and dealing with people. Totally. All right, I am going to wrap up this podcast with some suggestions for steps if you want to move towards better listening. So the first one is number one: be present. Oh my goodness, people! This is so amazing. I I it, I just I cannot extol the virtues of being present enough. It's it's magical. It's very very magical. If you are present with someone talking to them on the phone or in person, or out to dinner, or whatever, you could have a three-hour lunch that seems like 10 minutes because you're so in the moment. It is like time is suspended. So number one, be present. There are tools out there to help you with being present. Number two, personal growth, grow like crazy. Oh, yes, <laughs> you want to be a better listener. Personal growth is where it's at. And speaking of personal growth, number 3 is my suggestion is to grow your emotional abilities. Life, I hate to break it to you people, life is all about emotion. It's all about your emotions, their emotions, how you deal with your emotions, how they deal with their emotions, their emotions. Life is really pretty much all about emotions and either you know how to deal with yours or you don't my free workbook it's on my website right below the newsweek logo on the right hand side it's free download it and start to learn it it is a game changer it's a life-changing skill i promise you it will change every area of your life and it's not difficult and it's free so what what's your objection and it will absolutely impact without a, a doubt your ability to listen and, and actually let people let it let it in number four ask for feedback if you can you might have to be brave or courageous but feedback is always good if you can handle it now if you're if you've got really low self-esteem that's probably not a suggestion for you till you bolster yourself up because you'll just go down the rabbit hole but feedback can be helpful. Number five, get clear on any cognitive distortions. That's really, it's a filter that's just not going to help you. It's not helping you at all. It's, It's hurting you. So deal with that. Number six, uh, self-awareness, well, that really falls under number two, personal growth, but I'm mentioning it separately because it is a, a one, it's a separate item, but grow your self-awareness. You'll love that. It's like, get to know yourself and get to like yourself. Number seven, self-care and self-compassion. If you work on those two areas, first of all, you'll feel better. You'll you'll probably look better. Um, you'll probably have more energy, but it will help you grow and build your self-esteem, which is one of probably one of the issues. Number eight, practice, 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 listening, practice, become awake and aware, self-aware, and begin to notice how you listen. And if you want more skills, I would recommend number nine, that you join Toastmasters, because Toastmasters is a great place, Postmasters International, largest public speaking and leadership training development organization in the world, very low cost, high quality, been around for over 90 years. I don't know how many years now, but I've already covered the basics. You really do want to include that you've got eye contact, proper body language, that your tone and your volume are, co- are correct for the, for the situation, that you have the right environment, the right timing, that you prepare for difficult conversations, that you are present 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 uh, that you have the goal to catch all of what's being said everything to be able to deal with your emotions and and their emotions to have the emotional bandwidth to be able to have the conversation and to ask questions to clarify so my next suggestion that's a recap of the basics that I feel are important for listening so the next suggestion number 11 is know yourself and definitely have it be okay if you can't have a conversation today tomorrow or next week like like uh, there are people I just don't feel like talking to because they just like nitpick me to death I'm not having it I'm just like nope I'm not having it I don't need to justify my life I do not need to answer to you so I'm just not not having it and and I'm okay with not having it. I'm very okay with not having it. But you would be do well to be able to say this is really not a good time for me. I I have too much on my plate or it's just not something I feel like I can I can take care of right now and not have it be something awful. And my last suggestion is as you're growing and developing, I hope you will be very kind to yourself because it's a journey and we weren't born with the skills that we can grow and learn as we get older. All right, that's it for now. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 156, The Power of Listening. I certainly hope you have some new thoughts, some new insights, some new perspective when it comes to listening, which can be so powerful. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe so you get the new ones automatically And it would be fantastic if you would share this podcast on social media, because listening is something we could all improve on. I hope you're doing well. I hang hang in there for now. I love you. That's all.